And are there students who argue that there should be pineapple on pizza? There are. Some of them and, are. Ah, do you flunk them? Hello, everyone, and welcome to At WCSU, the award-winning podcast that reveals all of Westcon's secrets. In today's episode, for instance, we discuss Jacqueline's inability to walk in a straight line. <laughs> also, we talk with one of our newest professors about her research on how to have a civil discussion in class, even when we all hate each other. Wow. Yeah, it's, it'll be good. Yeah. And actually, no one could hate Dr. Caroline Waldbuser, Professor of Communication and Media Arts, who has been recognized as a Westcon Scholar in Action, and who had great insight into navigating politics in the classroom and how to re recognize COVID stress and help people who have it. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Did I miss anything on that roundup, Pete? No, I don't think so. You know, we did have Clubs Carnival this week, and it was successful. Uh, in the, out in the sunshine. Apparently, we did have a couple of carnival crashers who weren't wearing masks. Oh, boy. Yeah, they weren't students. They came from off campus, and they became highly offended when someone told them to mask up, and they got into a slap fight right there on the quad. No, they didn't. Yes, I went in and broke it up. You took, are a liar. I know. I took them both down with a judo move, and then I made them call me daddy. <laughs> oh, my God. And then I ushered them politely off campus. How much of that is true? <laughs> Just that we had Clubs Carnival and then the lies began? <laughs> yes, you got okay. it. Okay, all right. <laughs> I guess there was some kind of slap fight, but I was not there. Seriously? Yeah. Man, I can't believe I missed it. I know. You're usually there at Clubs Carnival, right? Working yeah, the, and, uh, and all the slap fights. I make it my business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always like to be there, too. <laughs> Sometimes I just start one. <laughs> uh, we should do that on a podcast <laughs> just organize a fight between you and me yeah All right, just let's a do slap it. fight next week okay you'll have to call me daddy at the oh, end oh no thank you <laughs> all right we've had our fun for the podcast now let's talk with dr caroline walbuser So you've been a professor for a while, you've done, and you do research on particularly um, classroom conflicts or how to have difficult discussions in a classroom, is that right? Yeah, so I broadly research instructional communication and part of what I've done is like politics in the classroom and mental health issues in the classroom. So it's definitely surrounding those areas that can be sensitive to people. Right, I mean, and also, some of the reasons that people get out of teaching, right? Because they don't want to deal with that difficult yes. thing. Yeah, it is. It's hard to deal with. <laughs> yeah. So, and those are things that, of course, we've been going through with the presidential election and with COVID. It's a perfect research project for right now. Yeah, it is. I need to start. The one I conducted was, a. it was closer to the 2016 election. So I need to do a new one now and look at it again. Yeah. So it's very possible that, uh, you, anyone, any professor in any class could have a uh, a Trump Republican and a Bernie uh, Bernie voter mm -hmm. Democrat uh, get into a discussion about something that comes up that the professor asks in class. Right? It could be not just political science, but in any class. And then, 
How do you deal with that? Yeah, so that's a good question. I think part of what you can do and part of what I've heard other teachers talk about is kind of reorient the, orient the conversation. Some instructors, when they get asked about politics, instead of answering directly, they instead talk about their values. And I think when students get into it, you can kind of redirect them as well and have them take a step step back and look at their values. So why do you believe these things? Why do you feel these things? And try to get them to come to some type of commonalities or common ground where they can start to see each other's viewpoints. It can be difficult, especially in heated conversations. Sometimes you have to actually have them pause and think on it, and then maybe you bring it up in the next class when they've had mm. time to pull down. Um, so it depends on how heated it is. But what I would do is have them just talk about why they believe the things they do and then see if there are commonalities between them and where they can come together, but then also calmly talk about their differences and opinions. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And you're a communication professor, so I imagine <laughs> it happens more often in your classes, right? You're trying to teach students to have difficult discussions, right? And really come together that way. Yeah, a lot of the classes I teach are introductories, so we don't get into too many political discussions themselves, um, but it definitely does happen in communication classes in general. A lot of people teach political communication, and that is where it comes off a lot as well. Um, we get into more, people can get into debates, debates about weird things in my classes. Sometimes I teach argumentation and advocacy, which we don't offer here at Westcon yet. Uh, but it's a course I taught during my PhD program, and we have a lot of arguments in that class, of course, because it's argumentation advocacy. Mm -hmm. So, and they like to debate weird things. Sometimes the students are shy about talking about politics, but you can have them debate weird things like, should pineapple be on pizza? And they love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but it definitely does occur more in communication classes, especially because I orient my classes to have discussions, and you can't always control what students are going to say. Right. Yeah. Right. And are there students who argue that there should be pineapple on pizza? There are. Some of them and, are. Ah, do you flunk them? No, because I like pineapple on pizza. So oh. okay. <laughs> I'm one of those. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it seems like they want to quit my class, though, if I admit that to them. <laughs> um, and in communication i mean in politics now we've gone through a, a couple of decades or a decade and a half this probably is two decades of um politics where it seems like no one is looking to have the conversation and find commonality they're looking to find the best way to pound the other side into the ground mm -hmm. so doesn't that wear off on the rest of us and our students, our students, and it it becomes harder to learn how to have a conversation, doesn't it? Yeah, and a lot of my research actually is centered on teacher experiences in the classroom, and I get over and over again that teachers in any subject, even sometimes political science, are afraid to bring up politics because they're worried that the students will do that to them mm -hmm. or the students will give them negative evals based on their mm. beliefs. So it seems that it's getting harder just in general to even bring it up because both the students and the teachers are just nervous to talk about politics because they're afraid of that argument happening in the classroom. And what would you say to a teacher who's afraid of that to try to help them get over the hump? Yeah, I think the best thing you can do is center any discussion around politics directly related to course content. Because mm. in general, students 
want to talk about things related to the course content. So if you can relate it to what you're talking about and direct it on the course content, it's often easier for students to talk about it. They feel more comfortable about it. Also, what I found in my research is that students prefer if they lead the conversation. So they're actually okay if the teachers don't tell them their political abuse beliefs, they would prefer the teacher just to let them have the conversation and direct the conversation. So it's okay if you take a step out and you just have a discussion where you're letting students take over, but you're of course watching them. You don't let them say things they shouldn't mm -hmm. um, watching them, but you let them take the lead. So that would be my two pieces of advice um, to let the students kind of control the conversation and also to direct it towards the course content. Right. Sometimes in classrooms, students think they're talking the way, or it's okay to talk in class the way they talk to their friends, right? So sometimes they swear or say things that they wouldn't say in front of their parents, say, yeah. because they'd be embarrassed, but they go ahead and do it in class. What happens then? What should a teacher do then? Yeah, so if they swear in class, I think to me, it depends on what the type of course is. So I teach public speaking a lot and mm -hmm. like small group communication and a lot of courses that are focused on careers and professional skills. And in those cases, I try to take that moment to remind the students of what they need to act like in the workplace and how that might come across to a future boss. So I try to use it as a learning moment to teach them how it might be inappropriate to use that same language mm -hmm. with a boss or with a coworker. So using those learning opportunities, basically. Right. No, that's good. Um, and you also have done research on mental, the aspect of mental illness, or the how it how a student in a classroom might display aspects of a mental illness, right? And how it comes across, how to deal with that in a classroom. Yeah, I've done a little bit of research on that. More so in graduate students, but a lot of it applies to undergraduates as well. Mm -hmm. And isn't that especially applicable now with COVID and how we're all dealing with that? Yeah. I think it's even more important, especially in asynchronous classes where the students are losing some of that face-to-face -face interaction. But it can also be harder to detect in the asynchronous classes where you don't see students often. Sure. So it's an essential issue right now with COVID. What do you look for? So one of the things I look for in general is lack of participation. And for in-person classes, this usually means a student hasn't come to class for a while. They stopped coming to class for some reason, and they haven't been communicating with you about why. For asynchronous classes, this could be that they're putting minimal effort into assignments or they're not completing assignments at all. And usually what happens in those cases, if you do check in on them, you learn that they've been really stressed and overwhelmed. Maybe they're trying to work a full-time job and do school full-time. They just don't have enough time. Or maybe they've had anxiety or depression issues and they haven't been able to get themselves to do the work. In that. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest indicator is when they stop participating in some way. And then what is the role of the teacher, the professor in working, getting the student on the right track? Yeah, so I think this can be complicated because it, you don't want the student to start to use you as their psychologist. Unless mm -hmm. you're in the psychology field, you have not been trained to be a psychologist. And it can also be very difficult if they keep coming to you with certain issues. So what I try to do is I try to acknowledge what they're feeling 
let them disclose a little bit to me, but then I do as much as I can to get them into accessibility services or accessibility, um, accessibility services, mm -hmm. the name at WCSU. So I'll actually even email accessibility services for them, or I'll, if we're in person, I would actually potentially walk them over to accessibility services. So I do as much as I can to get them there, but I try to draw a line and not let them tell me too much because mm -hmm. you're we're mandatory reporter. So if they tell me too much, and I remind them of, them of this too, they tell me too much, then I have to report it right. and tell somebody what they're saying. So my biggest thing is to, if they tell me their struggles, to get them the right help they need and also counseling services as well. Mm -hmm. I really like accessibility services in particular because they help them with their coursework and they help they'll uh, like work with them on time management and how to if they're missing days how to communicate with the instructor about it so they help them when they're struggling with coursework based on mental health issues and some of it or a good portion of it is dealing with those little things so they don't become big things isn't that right yeah and that is one thing I will do with them. If they're struggling with time management and that's causing their stress and anxiety, I'll go through a few methods that I use to manage my time so that they have an example in that case. Right. And it can help them work through it a little bit. And we all have stress. Yes, especially right now. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen more... Uh, acting out or evidence of student stress and anxiety and um, these difficult conversations or that kind of acting out as you've been teaching in the last year online? Um, I've definitely seen more examples of student stress and anxiety. I've had more students disclose it to me through email, but I've also had more students just stop participating in the class. In some cases, it can be really difficult because if they're not participating in the class, they also aren't checking email. Yeah. So it's hard to get a hold of them in general, but I've definitely had more students with those issues and I've seen lower grades than when we were in person. And a lot of it's not related to the course material per se, but the fact that they're not completing assignments. So why is that stress increasing with, is it online courses or is it the fact that the world has changed for the last year? I think I would attribute it more to COVID and the stress that COVID has created, because I have a lot of students who prefer taking classes online. People have been designing classes online for years. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's necessarily the online course, but more so just that lack of face-to-face -face interaction. And the students who struggle are the ones who would do really well in face-to-face -face interactions, are the ones who would excel at classroom discussions and would always be at your office hours asking questions. And they can't do that. And I think, think they just feel displaced a little bit and they feel disconnected from you as the professor. So they struggle more in that case. So I, I would attribute a lot of it to that lack of interaction. Some of them might even live alone. And we know also from communication research that not only interaction, but being, being able to like hug people and shake their hands and different things helps people out. It makes you less stressed and less anxious. So when you can't do those things, it increases it. And then when you're on in an online class, you're trying to keep up, you're already stressed about life. It just makes it more difficult for them. Yeah. Yeah. Have you tried to change your teaching style in any way while you're online um, to communicate that friendliness or that yeah. partnership? 
Yeah, I definitely, I email them more than I would. So I do like mm. two reminders a week. And when you're in person, you do most of those reminders in person. So you only send like one email out a week. So I do more emails than I would. I try to check in on them. Sometimes I get stressed too, of course, mm. but I try to check in on them as much as I can. If they stop participating, I try to check in and see what's going on. And in person, I might relay that to their advisor instead. So in the online instance, I try to check in on them and see what's happening and what's going on. I also have been more lenient on like late work and different things because understanding like, circumstances, things happen. And uh, sometimes even just your stress levels prevent you from completing things on time. So I've tried to be more understanding in general. Um, I also try to do fun assignments that I wouldn't normally do in person. So for example, one of my discussion board posts, I teach nonverbal communication right now. And have you ever seen the Facebook posts where you have to like guess the movie from a series of emojis? Mm -hmm. yep. I had to do that for a discussion board post a few weeks ago and they had a lot of fun with it. They were trying to guess <laughs> a few movies and they were putting up emojis. So I try to do things that help them relax too while also interacting with the course. So we're hoping that everybody will be in person except for things that are all, we're already scheduled to be online, you know, regularly, uh, that most classes will be in person and the students will be face to face and sitting next to each other. So what are you thinking about that? Are you anxious about that after a year? Um, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous because I think, especially the students who have never, the students who came in as freshmen this year who have never even taken a class in person, I think it'll be different. I think they'll communicate differently than they have in the past. And it may be more instances of, like you mentioned earlier, they talk to you more like a friend because they've mm -hmm. gotten, they've learned some of those lines being all online. So I think it'll be different, but I'm excited and I think it'll be good to be back in person and have those interactions again, even if it takes a little bit to fall back into sync it'll still be better right. to be see each other. So. No, that's good. Uh, so you're optimistic about how things are looking? Yeah. yeah, as long as it's safe for everyone to go back, of course. Right, so. right. Uh, and you've been at WestCon for a couple of years, <laughs> and you're kind of a Midwest person uh, originally, right? Yeah, I'm from Missouri originally. Wow. And I, Ohio for four years, too, so. Mm -hmm. Well, that's Southern Ohio too. So it's a little yeah. bit, it's pretty close to hillbilly country, right? Yeah. It's like 30 minutes from West Virginia. So oh. yeah. So it's not as Midwestern, it's more Appalachians than Midwestern. So are you a redneck? I would not consider myself a redneck. Okay. I, I grew up on a farm, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Well, farm's okay. Are yeah. you, you're settling in here with all these libs up here in the Northeast? Yeah. I actually live in Woodbury. It's mm -hmm. actually a little bit more conservative than I expected here. Yeah, you're right. It is. <laughs> so it was a little surprising to me. I think Athens, Ohio, was actually a little bit more liberal than here. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it's like a hippie town in Ohio. So. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. And is that why you chose that place, university to uh, get a uh, degree? Uh, I actually chose it because it was one of the only universities that did instructional communication. There's only three that do it and the other two didn't have, my secondary areas organiza organizational communication and the other two weren't as strong in organizational communication. So Ohio had the perfect combination of instructional and organizational. Yeah, so instructional communication is like learning about how to teach? It's 
basically studying how teachers commu can communicate better with students to increase their learning. So it's a little bit more than learning how to teach, but it's generally how communication impacts the classroom and how both teachers and students can improve their communication in the classroom. Yeah, that's interesting. Why did you decide to go into that? So I decided that in my master's program, and it was because I was teaching and I took an instructional communication course, and it just clicked really well because I was learning how to improve what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I also felt like I could really make a difference studying the classroom and being a teacher at the same time, because I can learn all, how to improve my own skills, but also use my research to teach other people how to improve their skills as well. Mm -hmm. And you'll be speaking this week at the Scholars in Action program that the provost has put together with some other professors, but you'll be talking about this specific uh, topic. I actually did the one in March. So oh, it, you did? Yeah, it was March 16th. So. We'll cut all that's the part we added out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's okay. I thought you were on tomorrow. Yeah, no, I think you, yeah, it, it just didn't work out to do the podcast before. Right. The 16th, so, yeah. Right. And did that work out okay, though? Yeah. Were people, uh, you like that? Like 30 to 40 people, and they were pretty responsive. That's good. Yeah. So so far, it's working out here at WestCon. Yeah, it is. It's been fun so far. I love the students. They're all very hardworking, and they. I think they're unique because they often hold down one to two jobs, and they go to school, but they're still really dedicated to their schoolwork, mm -hmm. and that shows. All right. That's very interesting. Do you have most? Uh, you, do you teach communication majors or the general communication classes for all students? So I do a mix. I usually do one to two of the lower level classes where anyone takes them. Uh, so right now I'm teaching interpersonal and health communication, and those are both pretty. Like we have a lot of different people who take them. I have a lot of nursing majors actually in my health communication. Oh yeah. Um, but then I'm also teaching senior thesis, which is, of course, just communication majors. So, wow. Yeah. yeah, that's a big range. Yeah. Huh. So it's a mix of some just communication majors and some that are everyone. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Good. Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I appreciate you sharing all that information with us. Good luck the rest of the semester. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We'll have you on again next time. Uh, when we need to discuss, get somebody to calm down, we'll have you on <laughs> yeah. to talk to him about how to do that. Yes, I can talk about conflict resolution. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>
<laughs> I wish. No, I, I went one year and my friends are always in it, but um, I can't walk in a straight line. So um, I don't think they would really want me. <laughs> okay. So that solves that one. Jeez, I remembered that completely wrong then. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored that you think I, I would be able to um, walk on a stage and not make a fool out of myself. But unfortunately, no. I've never been a model. Um, but all my friends are in it, so. That's good. Also, there's stairs. You have trouble with that too, right? Oh, yeah, I'm not good with the stairs. Not really, not at all. Everyone so, has their challenges, all right? Everyone yeah, that's right. Their strengths and their challenges. I will not apologize for my <laughs> ability to walk this straight line. No, nor should you. You shouldn't. Because, uh, you know, Pete's daughter, I don't think, can walk in a straight line either. She can. She and just has she? to hit everything and break everything while she's walking in a straight line. So. <laughs> but speaking of the fashion she? show, uh, she is, she'll be three at the end of April, so... Well, happy birthday. And I love that I have so much in common with a three-year-old. Um, <laughs> great place to start. Uh, yeah, so the fashion show is coming up uh, April 30th, I believe, in Ives Concert Hall. We can uh, double-check that later, but I'm pretty sure that's right. So, and They've been practicing pretty hard. Um, a lot of my residents are in it or are involved somehow, so they're always talking about their late night. It sounds like it'll be a good show, though. I know. I'm excited to see it. Do we know of anything else good coming up? Um, I know the calf is giving out popcorn today, but that's released on Friday. So not today anymore. But popcorn. What is it? Uh, caramel corn or just regular popcorn? I think because of National Popcorn Day, it's probably regular popcorn. Yeah, they do have caramel <laughs> corn know. Uh, every year, though. I think that's... Is that in the fall they do that? I think so. I think so, yeah. Uh, the, so coming up, the big one this week is Chocolate Lounge. Saturday, April 10th is Chocolate Lounge uh, this year. So that's going to be an... That's right. Uh, yeah, so 8 o'clock Saturday, the 10th, in Ives Concert Hall. Uh, I know attendance is limited. I'm not positive how that's all working again. I know we mentioned this last week. But I'm sure if you double-check with BSU, they'll have info on that. That's right, and the Chocolate Lounge is always a good show also. Yeah. What is it? Like, I have never been. I've always, like, meant to, but I'm always doing something. So, like, what is it? Is it, like, dancing? My understanding is that it's basically like a variety show. There's all kinds of different acts. There'll be a DJ. There'll be people performing different kinds of things. And I've never actually been to it. Uh, this will be the first one that I'm, I'm attending. So You are? Well, I'll let you is. know how it goes. Did you get invited as a guest, or are you working? I'm it? working. Oh, okay. That'll be exciting. Yeah. So if something goes wrong, we all know who we're going to be mad at next episode. Exactly. Yeah, so people if you try to watch the live Pete. stream and it doesn't work, you can blame me. Yeah, it's 24-7 with Pete. <laughs> people are mad at him. Always on the win. hook. Yep. If it's not his daughter, it's his boss. <laughs> I think the daughter and boss are synonymous. Yes, in this absolutely. Case. I can't even tell the difference That's true. anymore. <laughs> At least she's adorable. That's At least true. she's cute. You know? That's the only thing keeping yeah, her alive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> How's your mom doing this week, Jacqueline? She's good. We um, I went home for Easter. We don't really celebrate, but we still take the time to you know be together and stuff. And 
you know, she had the lasagna going. And my favorite thing about my mom, I think all Italian women do this to some degree, but she's an amazing cook. Like everybody knows it. People love her food. Like we all love her food. Like we have like, we'll go like bananas for like certain things that she makes, like just cause we know she's going to make it mm-hmm. and she'll spend hours on it, you know, family recipes. She hand picks out her spices. Like she puts so much effort. And the most Italian woman thing about her is that we'll all be like, Oh, this is so good. Like, wow. You outdid yourself. Like the lasagna is amazing. And she'll be like, oh, I don't know. I don't really like it. I didn't like the sauce. Like I feel, I'm like, come on. Like we all are sitting here telling you how much we love it. And she's just like, it's okay, I guess. It's nothing like my mom's. <laughs> it's That's such not an odd phenomenon with Italian women. They're their own biggest critic. It's not just Italian women. That's I'm constantly getting yelled at for doing that. I do nothing but complain about the stuff that I make and how it's not quite right. And it'd be better if I had this. And it's not like my dad's and blah, blah. <laughs> I do the same thing and I get in trouble for it all the time. So your mom's in good company. Meanwhile, if I put like five minutes of effort into anything, I'm like, this is amazing. I just <laughs> pick a job. But she'll put like days of work into an eggplant parm, like hand picking out the eggplant, like all this stuff. And she's the first person. We're all like drooling over it. Like I would die for her eggplant parm. And she's like, eh, I mean, it's, it's not as moist as I wanted it to be. <laughs> just say you like it. That is very funny. But otherwise, we're just trying to get the vaccine appointments going. Um, oh, yeah. My parents don't really know how to use the computers all that well. So my sister and I had to hunt them down vaccine appointments. And it's it's crazy. Your parents aren't that old, though. No, they're not. They're just my mom's not very technologically savvy. And my dad did not really understand the whole BAMS thing. It was like confusing him. So we just were like, all right, let's just go to like City of New Milford webpage and try to find like an appointment. Did you hook them up? They got the hookup. They're getting, I think, in two weeks. Good. How about you? Now you qualify, too. I qualify, too. But finding a vaccine appointment is like trying to find the, like the, um, what's that thing Indiana Jones is looking for? Holy Grail. Or the, Holy Grail. It's uh, impossible. It is impossible. Because if you, you get like one appointment slot, but if you don't fill out the information as fast as possible, they're like, oops, someone took it. At this rate, I'll be vaccinated by, I think, 2041. So. <laughs> hey, here's good news for you. WestCon is giving vaccinations to all students at the beginning of May. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm hyped now. Yes. You won't even, I mean, you might have to make an appointment, but there will be plenty of vaccine for you. And right now, it looks like it's going to be the first week of May, and it'll be Johnson & Johnson, so it's only one shot. You don't have to go back twice. Yeah, Johnson & Johnson definitely, um, they perfected their two-in-one formula when they made the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner way back when. <laughs> <laughs> they the same formula for the vaccine. But yeah, that's so exciting. I did not know that. Yeah. You must not have been reading your email. I probably get, I pro- I like live and die by my Outlook email to the point where like, you know, social media, that's like the first thing I check in the morning is what do I have going on today? <laughs> well, we're going to spread the word so everybody will know. And of course, you can tell everybody in your residence hall too. I'm very, I'm actually like so excited about that news. And I think that means we've been in quarantine way too long for the fact that a vaccine is making me like smile ear to ear right now. I know. Me too. Once I get my second shot, I'm not going to ever wash my hands again. Maybe you don't want to announce that. 
Nobody listens to the podcast, so it's hey. okay. I listen to them. Oh, you do? Good. Even though I hate hearing myself talk. So whenever like I start talking, I just like cover my own ears and I'm like, sure, I bet I made a really great point there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Good job, Jack. How do you think the podcast is so far then? I like it. I have a lot of fun talking with you guys and, um, you know, just hearing like different opinions. Plus, I think it's just fun. Like, mm -hmm. you know, especially it's quarantine. It's a good way to connect with people, good way to connect with the students. And, um, I, you know, I know not a lot of people listen to podcasts, but I, I see we I see we get some views. I see the views. <laughs> it's funny because tons uh, of people listen to them. Just I think it's it, it's funny because I still think of it as kind of a new thing. But I think for for college kids now, I think they missed it. I think they're. Hmm. Like it's old technology for them, which which kind of makes me laugh. But I have friends that like they they want me to listen to podcasts all the time. And it's like I like the idea of podcasts, but I have a hard time listening. I'm going to zone out like if I don't have something to look at, I'm going to zone out. <laughs> but some of my friends will like drive and they like instead of putting on music now, we'll be in the car and they put on like a podcast about like true crime. <laughs> and I'm just, like driving and zoning out. And it's like. 17 children were murdered. <laughs> like, oh, lovely listening. I, I love this song. <laughs> and so, but you've been listening, so you know all about cicadas now and other stuff happening on campus? I have learned quite a bit, yes. <laughs> More than you ever thought possible, probably. I think cicadas are the most dramatic bug. Uh -huh. Like, you think I want to sit around and just scream into the into the night? Like, Come on, get it together. Get a job. Pay some rent. Like, <laughs> like you know, spiders contribute to the environment by controlling, like, pests and bugs and bees. You know, we're basically alive because of the bees. But cicadas are just like, yo, I'm going to scream. That's an excellent point. I should have asked Rada uh, Krell about that. They're just, they're, just the heavy, they're just the heavy metal singers of the insect. <laughs> Got a lot to say. Um. You're going to get email from heavy metal fans now. But tell me the Cicadas wouldn't be a killer band name. I'm sure there are. There's a, I'm sure there already is one. Yeah. There definitely is. I have never had an original thought, but there definitely <laughs> is. <laughs> but that would definitely be so cool. Like, like yeah, my favorite band, the Cicadas, you've never heard of them. <laughs> they come out every 13 years. With a new album. Right. That would be very funny, wouldn't it? If the Cicadas, the band, came out with an album every 13 years. And it's just like, just screaming. Just that's it. That's it. Not even like set to a musical track. It's just like a deep breath in. It's like, <sighs> <laughs> Listen, if the social work thing doesn't work out, you got this idea to fall back on. No, um, you know, if you're a screamo singer and you're listening, hit me up. I'm, I'm ready to manage you. I've got some great band names. Um, <laughs> Social work doesn't pan out. I can always just get into the screaming business. That's right. And the uh, so sauce every Sunday, right? The sauce every Sunday, yes, that I apparently am not allowed to like if I make it myself. <laughs> All right. This is one of our better podcasts, I think. We had a good flow here today. Yes. It was definitely Pete's daughter. Good luck, Charm, like immediately. <laughs> yeah, we should have her on all the time. <laughs> you gotta show her this though when she's a little older yeah and like if she ever like says you're like oh dad you're you're annoying or you're always in my space you can show her this 
That's not a bad idea. Yeah. And if you if you ever listen to one of these episodes all the way through to the very last second, you hear my son saying WCSU. We did that at the very beginning of uh, lockdown because he wouldn't leave me alone. So I had him go up to the <laughs> microphone and I had him do the letters. And it was funny because he wasn't really talking yet at the time. And that was kind of one of the first things he he did on command like that. So it's always it's always fun for me to hear that. Like the thing wow. get from this is he's meant to follow in your footsteps, and in like twenty-ish years, he's going to be um, editing this podcast. Exactly, and I'll be crawling all over him and making noise. <laughs> and Jacqueline, you'll be making eggplant parmesan and uh, feeding your koi out in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll just be having the fish. I'll be you know running a nonprofit, and then like delivering my eggplant parm to my clients that I hate. Apparently, I hate eggplant oh. parm. Apparently. <laughs> So, love my clients, hate the farm. Um, you know, it's my future. Does your mom uh, listen to the podcast? No, I don't think she really understood it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm actually on a podcast now. And she was, I don't think she really understood. My dad went, they picked you to talk on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely my father's daughter because that's something exactly I thought. But um, yeah, I told her, I was like, oh, I'm on a podcast now. And my mom's like, what do you even like? what do you, what do you talk about? And I was like, Oh, I don't know, you know, just school stuff. And she's like, you don't talk about school enough. <laughs> you get a point, but it sounded fun. So I did it. And it has been fun. It has been text fun. Her I link quite so she can hear you. Yeah. Tell your mom, she can listen to the podcast anywhere. All, you know, her favorite podcasts are uh, produced or listed. <laughs> Like she can talk into her Amazon Echo and call up this this podcast. We don't have. We got a Google Dot for Christmas. There you go. From a family friend, and I don't really like them because they just confuse me. Like, why? Why you listen? Why does the government have to listen in what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. As if they're not probably already doing that. But my dad will talk to the Google Dot. He'll be like, Google Dot, are you a government plant? And <laughs> we'll be like, Alex, what can I do for you today? <laughs> Terrorizes that poor thing. My wife talks to our Alexa and says, asks it something, and then she always says, please and thank you. I always say please and thank you, because if the robots take over, <laughs> who are they going to be nice to? The ones who are nice to them. Oh, you're right. I'll be, they'll squash me and my wife will be fine. Because I never say, I keep saying, don't say please, damn it. You know, my my boyfriend has the Amazon uh, Echo thing, so it's funny because he'll he'll he talks to it like it's a human being. Like he'll be like, "Hey Echo, do you mind? Uh, could you just set my alarm for like seven or actually no seven thirty? And she's just like the circles going around. She's trying to understand what he's asking for. <laughs> like, hey Echo, do you mind? <laughs> he's another one. You'll all be fine when the robots take over. I'm always like, Echo, please, would you be so kind as to play this song for me? I love you. <laughs> Pete, do you do that? Uh, we we try to, but then I'll be at the end of my rope with the kids or something, and I'll ask it, you know, what the weather's going to be, and it'll start playing some song, and I start screaming at it. <laughs> so I, uh, I have my days, good days and bad days. The good intentions mm. are there. Yes. You and I will be the first to go. It's just funny because you guys probably know more about technology than I do with all this uh, headsets and the microphones. <laughs> I just play the part. Uh, Pete actually does know. 
Yeah, I just talk into my ancient laptop and hope that you guys can hear me well. <laughs> well, apparently that's better than your parents can do, though. Yeah, you know, the vaccine confuses everyone. I'll give them a slide. It, it even confuses me. I'm still waiting to get, like, my VAMS confirmation, and I don't even know anymore. I'm just going to wait. Yeah, now you don't need it, though. Thank goodness. I'm so happy. I'm actually genuinely so happy. <laughs> yeah, because of the uh, goodness of... Western Connecticut State University. Very true. I've had I've had twenty six COVID tests in my life. Ooh. And we yeah, you got to have them all the time. One, we have to get one every week. Yeah. I'm so used to it that at this point that like they they shove the thing up my nose and I'm just like yeah. So how was your day? It looks <laughs> like your nails. <laughs> so Paul, just to be clear again, you said every Westcon student, commuter, and resident. Will be able to get a vaccine in May, or just residents, or what? All of them. If you live in New Jersey or New York or Poland, and you are a Westcon student this semester, you'll be, you'll be able to get a uh, vaccine. I can't wait to tell all my homies. Yeah. And have the plans changed in terms of uh, what people can expect for the fall? Not that I've heard. Um... Um, I know room selections going on right now in terms of like the residents who are living on campus next year, picking where they're going to live. Um, there may, I, there's some inkling that there's going to be some housing changes depending on how many students are committing to living on campus next year, but we haven't heard, nothing's really been decided, decided. As far as I know, we're still in person next semester. That's all I've known. And I don't think that, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think that's changed. No, that's the plan is to be in person. Maybe, hopefully, even no masks. You can sit, you know, as close as you want. There'll be a lot of events and stuff on campus that you can stand next to each other, get next to other people. What a world that It'll is. Be good. <laughs> it's going to be really weird. It is going to be weird. I don't know weird. what most of my residents look like. Like, because the masks come up to here. <laughs> right. And if you wear a different mask every day, I'm not going to recognize you. But it's like sometimes, you, especially when you're at work, like I work at David's Bridal and I'll have some coworkers that I've never seen them without a mask. And then like they'll be in the break room and they'll pull it down to get a drink. And I'm like, who are you? Like I, I'm genuinely like, I, I can't recognize half my residents. And they're like, hi, Jackie. And I'm like, hey, old sport. Everyone looks the same from here up, you know? Right. I doubt they know what I look like, to be honest. But how do they know your name? Because I'm always at the desk. Oh, and you probably tell them. I'm like, hi, Ari, Jacqueline, can you put your mask on for me, please? Thank you. Like, <laughs> they've been really good about the masks. I tease them, but the residents have been like immaculate with that. I think they all, we thought we'd have a harder time keeping the masks on the kids, but I think, you know, everyone's kind of doing their part, which is nice. Yeah, I think that is, for the most part, that's the case. I've definitely <clears throat> had to tell more like older people to put on masks and gotten more grief about it than, you know, teenagers or um, young adults. I was like, hey, can you pull it up? And they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Dishonor on me, dishonor on my family. Like, <laughs> then you tell like an older person in public, I'm like, hi, thank welcome to David's Bridal. Would you mind like pulling up your mask for me? And they're like, you know, this is a hoax, right? Really? I'm like, okay, oh, man. I don't want to argue. Just do it or get out of my store. <laughs> <laughs> wow. At a bridal shop. The entitlement is um, high heavy lately. Yeah, it's funny. I don't think it made it onto the show uh, last week or the week before when we had uh, Mitch Wagner on. But at some point I asked him if he 
got any pushback about climate change from the students, and he said no. He said the students are 100% on board. It's when you get out into the into the world that you start having those kinds of arguments. And I think masking and distancing is largely is largely the same. Younger people are just kind of on board. Let's do this and let's get through it. And not not fighting. I've been saying it since I was like younger. Um, I've never had a problem with teenagers being entitled. Like when I worked fast food or I worked retail, like, you know, teenagers are like most of the time, unless some of them, you know, everyone has their moments, but most of them are really understanding, really sweet. They tip super well. They're very please and thank yous all around. And then I've always, the only people that have ever given me grief at retail jobs or fast food jobs are the older people. Hmm. So when people are like, oh, these teenagers are so disrespectful, a lot of times I'm like, but some of them have better manners than most of y'all, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I get a please and thank you from, like, every prom girl that comes into my store. But, like, the only times I've ever been yelled at over the phone, it's someone old. So That's interesting. And, Jacqueline, would you do us a favor? And uh, this week when you're working at uh, David's Bridal, Talk to somebody about climate change. Just bring it up and then report back on what happens. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. I would love to. I, I would love to. <laughs> we'll um, give you a microphone. I'll just be at the cash wrap like, okay, would you like a coupon? Also, how do you feel about climate change? Uh -huh. Oh, you're yelling? Why are you yelling? Like, why are you laughing? Why are you yelling? <laughs> but I'll definitely see what I can do. Okay. Fired. And then we'll get you another job. Yeah, exactly. Right. Don't get fired. I come on and I'm crying. and I'm like, Paul, I did what you said. <laughs> you know I need another job. We'll get you a job with Pete in media services. I don't, I don't think Pete wants that. <laughs> really you can talk about climate change all you want. <laughs> he might hire you as a babysitter. I am, I am qualified. Hit my line. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's all for me. I think there's not many events going on right now that I know of, but um, you can check out the PAC, the perform. Uh, I think it's um Programs Activity Council. Yep. You can check them out on Instagram. They've been doing a lot of giveaways. I've won a few over the past year, which is very exciting. Wow. And they're always talking about events. So that's, I think, the best place to look. That and the wow, obviously. Right, the wow, which comes to you by email, and you have to open up your email and read it. All right. Thanks, Jacqueline. Thank you, Pete. And thanks to our special guest, Pete's daughter. Round of applause. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. I'll hear from you guys on Friday. Yes. See you later. Bye, everyone. Okay, Pete, should we remind everyone that they can subscribe to this podcast and listen in the car or in the privacy of their own homes at any time they want? We should, or uh, on the shuttle bus, or oh. while mowing the lawn, anything, you, uh, anything you're doing. Yeah, at any time. Though, according to Jacqueline, no one her age listens to podcasts. <laughs> she said she had a couple of friends who oh, listened. Okay. And she's ordering her entire residence hall to subscribe. That's right. We're, we should we should get a bump. Yes. Yeah. So and keep an eye on us. Uh, keep you can check the wcsu.edu slash podcasts. That's uh, anything we've done is up there. Keep an eye on the WCSU Media Instagram feed for uh, new episodes. If you have any questions or comments or anything, you can email us at podcasts at wcsu.edu. Please yeah. do. 
please, yeah. you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on Spotify or Google Play or anywhere you get podcasts. We are there. I, said, I think we've said in the past that don't rate us unless you give us a five stars. Sure. Yeah, five stars is always, uh, you know, Which we deserve, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. This is at WCSU. I'm Paul Steinmetz, and P. Puccio is over there, too. See you later. We'll see you next week. At WCSU is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Volpe. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at WCSU Media and on the university's Facebook and Twitter pages. And feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at wcsu.edu. Thanks for listening.